All right. I met, uh, you guys all know the Dehoogs. I was, uh, I was meeting their parents. They were here this weekend, and uh, apparently Mark's mother is a SLM student online. So she's like, because I, I introduced myself, and she's like, Ryan, Ryan Stansky? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it gave me like a whole, whole greater respect for having these recorded and, you know, really like, anyway. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, she's only heard, she's only known me through my preaching. And I'm just like, I wonder, like, what her perspective is, you know? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, right? I don't know. By the way, I was telling, dude, I was telling Rosie, I don't know if you guys put this together or not, and I didn't feel like I got this from the Lord, but I found it rather ironic that we did that, and we didn't feel anything, or I didn't feel anything that night. And then it was like one week later that Cody stood up in this exact spot and the heart of the father just came on him like nothing has come on him before and he was able to release what he released, you know? And I was just like, I'm not saying whatever. I'm just saying. I'm just like, Lord, because we just never know. We just never know like why God is having us do things. For those of you who weren't, were you guys all here? Except for Bo. One night we just, we all took turns yelling breakthrough as loud as we could. So it was, it was a good night. We had to pair up to give us the added confidence, but we did it, man. Okay, tonight I'm going to be talking a little bit about the kingdom. Before I share that, as I was just kind of like thinking over this stuff, I wanted to give you guys like a word that I felt like the Lord has just kind of been pressing on my heart, and that's... Um, it's a scene from Lord of the Rings and Gandalf is sitting there and he's like, I've been alive like so many years. Like, I think it's like 800 or something crazy. And he's like, now I find myself that like, now I find that there is no time because it's like things have like come into movement. And of course, like, you know, what's the bad guy's name? Lord of the Rings. Sauron. Well, the top, top. Saruma? Oh, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. So no, but he's, he's like making his attack on Middle Earth. And it's like, like things are set in motion. That It's like there's no more time to prepare. There's no more time to learn how to like train for battle. It's like what you have is what you've got. And I just really feel like that's, uh, the Lord's been really pressing that on me lately, even though, like, I don't feel anything, like, in the natural, right? I mean, you guys, it all feels like we're going to have SLM through spring, and then we're going to have summer break. It's going to start again in the fall, right? But we're not guaranteed that. We don't know. Like, if in the fall that, like, it could be illegal to gather as Christians, we just, we just don't know. And so the Lord's really just been pressing on this thing of like, um, there's like a desperation of the hour and to be just using the time that we have. And really like not, I just feel like there's like a not holding back right now where it's like pressing into God because um, I feel like he's wanting to give us what we'll need 
for the upcoming seasons that we're going to face. Um, and to not take it lightly where it's like, oh, I'm sure, like, you know, everything will be fine and dandy. and But really going after him for that. Um, all right. We're going to talk a little bit about the kingdom, like I said. Um, let's turn to Mark 1.15. I'm just going to read a little bit. something. Actually, let's pray first. I don't think I prayed yet. Let's pray. Father God, we just welcome you tonight, Lord. Lord, we welcome your presence here tonight, God. Holy Spirit, we just um, we just give you this time, Lord God, that uh, you would just uh, you would just come, Lord, and take over, Lord God, this time, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Show us, Lord, what you're doing in the in our midst, God. Show us how you're wanting to equip us, Lord God. For like you gave us this word of Lord, the out like um, it's a desperate hour that we're living in, God. And I pray that you would just, Father, um, as we turn to you, God, that you would just um, do what you want to do, Father God. That you want to equip us by your Spirit, Lord God. And I pray that we just begin to see that in greater measure, Lord God. I just ask for an increase, Lord, in the prophetic, God, in our midst, Lord. That the prophetic voice would just increase, Lord. That your voice would increase in this church, Lord. In other churches in the area, Father God, and in our whole city, God. That that your voice would just begin um, being poured out, Lord God. And what you're saying would be declared, Lord God. Both from the, like mouths of your sons and daughters, but also even from the world, Lord God. From those who don't even know you, Lord, that they would just begin to um, declare, Father, what you're saying and what you're doing, Lord God. I ask also, Lord, for a greater increase, Lord, in just uh, signs and wonders, Lord, in our city, Lord God. We'd see a greater increase, Lord God, in... um, in the miraculous, Father God. And really, Lord, just pour out your love, Lord. Pour it out, Lord God. Pour out your love, Lord. Mm. Lord, make each one of us, Lord, vessels, Lord, of your love, Father. Just ready and willing to be poured out, God, I pray. Mm. Lord, make us those, Lord, who know you, and know your love, Lord, and are just uh, capable and just courageous enough, Father God, to step it out and see, to step out and see your love touch somebody else, Father God, in their life, Lord. Father. Amen. 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 Come on. Hmm. All 
<clears throat> Bo, I was getting to your leader, man. I feel like the Lord was just talking to me again about your leadership and that he's going to, um, he's just, uh, there's just a mark on your life of leadership. So, that the Lord has uh, brought you here to develop that even more in even greater ways. So, that you'll have opportunities to lead. So, thank you. And he said you've been faithful in little. I feel like God's saying that you've been faithful in little. And that, like, that's why he's just going to bring even more into, like, you've been faithful even when it's, like, no one's watching, no one's seeing, like, what you're doing and what you're sowing into. And he's seen that. And he's just, that's why he's going to bring, he's going to bring more. He's going to bring increase for you. So, it's coming. It's coming. Whoa. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I feel like, too, like, you're, like, I feel like I gave that word, but I feel like the Lord's showing me that, like, you've prepared, like, you have put in the time and you've prepared your heart and, like, like, to be ready for battle, where it's, like, when it comes, like, you're going to be ready, so. That's a good word, huh? Come on, Lord. Oh, Amen. All right. Mark 1, 15. You guys find it? Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is Jesus, and this is the first time it's recorded in, uh, his teaching is recorded in the book of Mark, and he says, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, this like similar statement is found um, in a lot of Jesus' first sermons when, when Jesus first comes on the scene. Uh, it's just littered throughout. So what do you guys know? Obviously Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom. Like what do you guys feel like you know already about the kingdom? Or like what comes to mind when I say the word like kingdom of God? Not like kingdom in general, but specifically like the kingdom of God. Thoughts? Okay. That's like what comes to mind right away. Heaven? Okay. Cool. Other thoughts? Okay, yeah, sort of like a mysterious thing. Yep, it's kind of different. You're like, I remember like the first time I heard uh, Bill Johnson teach on the kingdom of God, like it was very uh, new to me and different. Um, 
But like ever since I feel like I received that teaching, I see it everywhere in what Jesus talked about. Um, it really dominated a lot of like what he said. Like oftentimes, um, well, for example, like a lot of the parables start, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he'll go into it. Or the kingdom of God is like this, and he'll go into it. So Jesus was actively trying to get people to see what the kingdom of heaven was like or the kingdom of God was like. He gives us the command, right? Seek first his kingdom. Um, which I, like, I actually had a hard struggle with because oftentimes in American Christianity we say, seek God first. You know, right? That's like, that's like what we say. And yet, and yet there's this thing in Jesus' teaching where he's like, seek first his kingdom. And you're just like, huh. Which, of course, like, God's kingdom, like, you know, God is in his kingdom. But, anyway, just interesting terminology. Um, let me see here. Jesus brought the kingdom with him wherever he went. That's, like, on display when... Uh, I guess the only verse that's coming to mind is Jesus would sometimes say, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. He also taught his disciples to say, the kingdom of heaven has come near you when he empowers them. Um, Often when Jesus did miracles, we were not seeing the power of Jesus, but the authority of the kingdom. So I'll say that one more time. When Jesus did miracles... We were not seeing the power of Jesus, but the authority of the kingdom put on display. Jesus was a man walking in the authority of the kingdom. So demons had to flee, and the sick had to be healed. Um, Does that make sense to you guys? Kind of, sort of? So Jesus carried like, uh, Jesus carried the kingdom of light wherever he went. And he actually walked in the faith of that. So whenever he encountered the kingdom of darkness, it automatically, like, it was an inferior kingdom, and the superior kingdom came in, and so the inferior had to leave. And Jesus carried that reality with him. And so, you know, like, when you look at, like, I love those stories when Jesus walks onto the scene, and the demons right away, they don't even put up a fight. They're just like, hey, will you please, rather than sending us into the abyss, send us into the pigs? Why? Because they, they know they know a number of things. One, that a superior kingdom has come, but two, that a man who knows the superior kingdom has come is there. Like, they knew that Jesus knew as well. And so they're like, hey, please just send us into the swine rather than, I love that. Um, Also keep in mind, you guys remember the verse in John where Jesus said, I can do nothing like on my own, right? So that's like another further evidence that Jesus was operating out of the rules and the authority of the kingdom. Um, So, let's look at Matthew chapter 10. This is a crazy passage. This is a fun one, though. Matthew 10, and then there's also Luke chapter 10, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10 to start. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out 
to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. I'm going to skip over, they name the disciples, verses 2 through 4. And then verse 5, the 12, <coughs> the 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts, or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals, or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his support. In whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it, and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment for them for that city. And we'll stop right there. Um... <clears throat> Anything jump out at you guys? There's a lot there. I know we read a huge section, but anything jump out at you guys right away? That's a good point. Okay. Not your everyday ministry there. Yeah. It's the old one-liner. Anything else? You guys, anything else jump out at you guys? I'm not looking for anything in particular. I just... Maybe you'd see something that added insight. <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's a good point. This is like the first sending out service. You have to wonder, like, as far as, like, their understanding of the kingdom compared to ours, you know? I didn't really, I don't have a timetable for this, but I mean, Jesus was only in ministry for three years, so most of us have been a Christian and been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, probably close to that, three years maybe. So I mean, like as far as their qualifications compared to ours, I mean, they obviously, they walked with Jesus, so that was beneficial. But you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, these guys were not. And then later you've got them sending out 70. So it's not even the 12 apostles. It's like a group of 70 people that he just chooses. And he's like, all right, I'm going to send you guys out ahead of me. It's kind of nuts. Um, I love in verse 1 that it says to heal every kind of disease and to heal every kind of sickness. That's awesome.
It wasn't limited in any way. Um, Verse 7, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There you go. Jesus gives them a one. He's like, here is what I want you to preach. I want you to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to declare this wherever you go. Man. What do you guys think this looked like? Like they showed up in town and it was like, man, I just don't know, you know? Obviously they looked for like whoever was worthy in their house, but I'm like, I don't even know how you got started. You think they just went to like the center of the town and were like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Man, don't worry. We're not going to do that. Unless God tells us to, then we're just going to have to. It's not in the notes to do that tonight. Hmm. I love how he doesn't even give instructions on how to heal people. You guys notice that? doesn't say, like, lay hands on in order to heal them or pray for them. In Luke chapter 10, he gives as much, like, definition as how to eat as he does, like, how to heal people. <laughs> he tells them, like, hey, when someone sets food in front of you, like, make sure you eat it and heal the sick. And it's just, like, in the same breath for Jesus where it's just, like, oh, commonplace. Lord. Do you think it was like, it was required that they had faith when they declared that? Do you think it was needed to have faith when they declared the kingdom of heaven is at hand in order to see healing? What do you guys think? Or was it enough that they just said it? There's no no right or wrong answer here. Yeah? Probably had to like believe it. Or was it enough that, like, they just obeyed because Jesus was like, hey, you have to, hey, say this. And they're like, okay. I don't know. I'm with you. I think they probably had to have faith. That's part of it. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. That's a good word. That's like further evidence again too that like Jesus was walking in this thing of like it's not necessarily just about me, right? Because it's like if someone with faith lays hold of the kingdom that that Jesus carried, they could just receive the healing. (coughs) Just like the lady who's like, if I just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Man, that is so cool. Lord. So verse 13, let's, here's another question. Jesus says, if the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. So <clears throat> what do you guys think he's worthy of what? What do you think? 
Okay. Any other thoughts? Them, literally them, worthy of them. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, like what, like actually makes it worth worthy of it? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd lean towards you, Mike, on that one, where you're like, you got a ragtag group of fishermen that have given like a one-line sermon, and yet Jesus is like, hey, if this house isn't worthy of you, like I want you to withhold your blessing of peace. I have to imagine some of the disciples were like, wait, what? You know? But but what was, like, Jesus was already, like, trying to establish worth in them that says, like, listen, like, start to grab hold of the fact that you're not, you're no longer just who you've seen yourself as your whole life, but start to lay hold of the fact that you're an ambassador of my kingdom. And it's even weightier than that. You look in verse 40. This, is, this will really mess up your theology. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's a theology messer-upper right there. But it's also like how his kingdom works, right? So Jesus said, if you receive me, you receive the Father. He's like, it's a done deal if you see it. He told people, he's like, hey, if you receive me, you receive the Father. Because me and the Father are one. So now, Jesus is extending it out one more person. And he's like, listen, if they, if they receive you, they receive me. And if they receive me, they've received the Father. It's kind of cool that the kingdom works that way, huh? So we think sometimes, right, we give a word of knowledge or we give a prophetic word in our workplace and it's not received. And we're like, super discouraged and all this stuff. And yet sometimes the Lord like knew it wasn't going to be received. But in order to bring just judgment on that place, there had to be like an opportunity for them to turn, right? So he like, you know, this is so funny because we think maybe we missed. But oftentimes I think it's like God is just, God is like, listen, if they don't receive you, they're not receiving me. And that's like, a, that's like a really weighty thing. It's an awesome thing, but it's kind of a weighty thing. Uh, let's see what else I got. Let's turn over to, let's look at Luke 10 real quick as well, because I wanted to grab a few things out of there. So in this one, let's look at verse 17. So this one, we actually see the results of what happens. Verse 17, the 70 return. So this is when, this is after the 12 disciples are sent out. He sends out a group of 70, which probably included the 12 disciples. And it says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, 
Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, all right, we won't read that. But Jesus talks about, he says, well, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And at that very time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Someone told me that that, that phrase, rejoice greatly, means literally to like jump up and down, like turning in circles <laughs> in the Greek. So Jesus was super jacked that they got it. But I love verse 17. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Anything stand out to you in that statement? Hmm, that's true. Come on, I like that. I didn't see that. Yeah. 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 Come on. What's interesting is like they never like when you look at like Luke 10 and Matthew 10, Jesus never says, "Here, here's my name." like, to use, you know? It's just cool because in Jewish society, there was this understanding that we don't necessarily have in our culture. We have it a little bit. But it's like, true authority is carried when you carry someone else's name. And we talked about that last semester, right? Where it's like we've been given his name. Oh, Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good word. So according to John 17:11, and I'm covering like old hat here. John seventeen eleven, right, where Jesus says, like, I pray that you keep them in my name, right? And we talked all about that, that we're in his name and in his inheritance and authority. Luke twelve thirty two says, the Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Like, don't be afraid, little children. The Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom, right? You guys know that verse? Okay. <clears throat> so we have his name, we have his kingdom. Do you guys think it makes sense for Jesus to have brought the kingdom only to take it with him and bring it when he returns? What do you think? Does that make any sense? The answer is no. No, it doesn't make any sense. So where did we where do you guys think like the where where was the disconnect? Do you guys believe, first off, do you guys believe that the kingdom is, like, that Jesus left the kingdom for us to expand? Do you guys believe that? Okay. Yeah, for the most part. Okay, good, because he did. 
Matthew 28, right? Jesus says, we'll just look at it real quick. It's called the Great Commission, but it's kind of like the charge to expand the kingdom. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus is like, I want you to do what I'm doing, baptizing them into the name. So he's like, what I want you to do is I want you to go out and I want you to, like, I've brought you into our family name. Like, you've been, you've now been born of the Spirit, you're new creations, or you're going to be born of the Spirit, you're going to be new creations. And, like, you have been brought into my family line, and now I want you guys to do the same thing. I want you to go find people, make disciples of them, and bring them into the family line as well. Show them that they're sons and daughters of God. So that would be like expanding his kingdom. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Hmm. So where do you think, what do you guys think happened? Like, what has happened, like, between the disciples and the 70 being sent out and, like, the kingdom, like, because Jesus came and he brought the kingdom, man, right? I mean, he brought it. So what's happened, like, 2,000 years later? Like, what's taking place? What do you think? That we're not seeing the dead raised. Thoughts? Okay. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, right? I mean, this whole idea, you know what's really interesting? The scriptures is like, Jesus' teaching is littered with this. But like, how many messages, I mean, you hear a lot more messages now about the kingdom, but I mean like, five, ten years ago, I don't know that I've ever heard a message on the kingdom of God. You know? So I think that's definitely, I mean... Like, it's hard to have faith in something that, I mean, like, you're not even hearing about. Or it's like the Holy Spirit just hadn't, like, opened our eyes to it yet. That's good. What else do you guys think? Like, what's, what's taking place? I feel like the enemy has been ravaging and pillaging, right? Trying to destroy people, destroy the church. Trying to, like, sow religion, you know? I mean, he's killing people, you know? I mean, I mean, he's not, but he's, you know, motivating people too. And you're just like, I mean, that's kind of a reality that we're facing. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
it's interesting, like, it's like uh, you guys know who Catherine Coleman is? Oh, my gosh. She was this, like, crazy lady in, like, the late 60s, early 70s. She had, like, a healing revival ministry. She'd show up in, like, stadiums of people would come to see her. And uh, she would just start getting words of knowledge about, like, people being healed in the audience. And they were just, like, she wouldn't do anything. People would just get healed in the audience. But she said that, like, she said, like, not, she really believes that her calling was for somebody else, some other man, actually. And, like, he just didn't want it or, like, wasn't sold out enough for it. She's like, that's the only reason I'm able to walk in it because God was just like, who's willing to, like, give it all up, you know? And she, the message that she was sharing was, like, she said, uh, like, people don't know that there's a cost to giving it all, you know, there's a cost to being willing to follow his spirit. And there's like often, you know, not everybody's going to like you, which Jesus ends up talking about in Matthew 10 a little bit later. But anything else? Any other thoughts on what's going on here? Are you guys ready to see this in our day? What do you think? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Me too. The one the one time I know, I know, I know that like God used me to heal somebody. It was so funny. And I've told the story before, but it was at, it was when I was at American and uh I was walking I went to, uh, I used to sell TVs at American. It was this like home furniture place. And I was walking to the printer to get their receipt. And I saw a picture. It was for this older couple. They had just bought a 32-inch TV. And I saw this picture of this lady's hands. And I was like, all right, God, like I'll ask her if she's got like arthritis in her hands or whatever. And so like I grabbed the receipt. And I'm walking back and I asked the lady, I said, hey, is there any chance that like, do you have pain in your hands? She's like, no. I was like, ah. So then I just, like, kept going, because that's sometimes what I do. I just keep going, pretend like nothing happened. And uh, and it actually worked. She said, why? Why did you ask me if I had pain in my hands? And I said, don't think I'm crazy, but sometimes God shows me pictures of people who want to get healed, you know? And she's like, wow, that's so that's so strange or whatever. And so... Then we're, like, leaving to go get their new TV. Like, her husband's way in front of her, and she's kind of, like, slower. So we're walking together, and she asked me, she says, my hands don't hurt, but will you pray for my legs? You know? And uh, I was like, sure. And I was on this kick of, which I'm still kind of on, where I was like, all right. So I put my arm around her, and I just declared that the kingdom of heaven was near her. And, And I actually said, like, I don't know, I said a couple more things, but as soon as I let her go, I looked into her eyes, and I didn't have that much faith. Like, I was just praying for another person, and I'll never forget, she looked at me with this, like, sense of wonder, and she said, as soon as you prayed for me, like, I felt cold, like, going all down my legs, and she's like, I don't have any pain anymore in them right now, and she's like, I've been walking on them, and like, she's like, I have, like, really sore legs and bad legs, and she's like, I've been walking on them for, like, three days, and she ended up coming back into the store later that night to, like, tell me again, like, that there was, like, no pain in her legs. Come on! 
Isn't that awesome? I really feel like, though, it's an example. I love that God, like, had me ask about her hands because he wanted to draw the faith out of her. He wanted to see how desperate she was. Isn't that cool? Probably because we're going on her faith, not necessarily mine. (laughs) But I really think so. Because I've I've been in similar situations like that before, and the people, they, you know, they let it go. But for this lady, she was like, hey, I don't have a problem with my hands, but you're doing this. But you know what's exciting is I feel like, I actually feel like we really haven't had a breakthrough in our city in regards to healing yet. I don't think so. I mean, there's then like one case here, case here, but I just feel like there's breakthrough still to be had in our city, and I just feel like, I feel like it's out there to be had. Jesus said the fields are white unto the harvest. Meaning, like, people in our community are ready to encounter God. You guys believe that? People in the world are so hungry for God. They don't even, they don't even know. They're just so desperate taste God, right? I mean, we are, we are like, we're desperate in the church, but we've tasted sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm always amazed at right now, especially right now. Like whenever I, um, give someone a prophetic word, I feel like there's just like, um, like a longing right now in our society, like in our city, but also just in culture where it's like people want to encounter God. Do you guys feel the same way? Kind of, sort of, maybe. What do you think? Yes? No? (laughs) I was, uh, sometimes, sometimes on like my closing nights, I don't close that often at Starbucks. Sometimes on my closing nights, I do this thing where I offer people free words of insight. So I'll tell them like, you know, would you like a free word of insight? It's a prophetic word. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. So I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, do you want a free word of insight? And I remember this one night, there was this lady and her husband, and they had just gotten done, like, eating at the casa, and I gave this lady a word, and she stayed. She got her drink, and everything was done, and she said that was right on. I think the word was, like, your, I feel like it was, like, something like her being, like, like, she, she puts on a tough front, but she's tender on the inside or something like that, which is a hard word to give, you know? You're just like, Lord, let your grace be here so this person doesn't beat me up. (laughs) But anyway, it was so incredible is this lady's like, I give this lady the drink and there's more people in line and I've been talking to this lady and she, she's like, I'm going to stay because I want to hear, I want to hear their words. She's like, I want to hear what you're going to say to them. (sighs) Come on, right? She was like, I don't even want more for me. I'll settle just hearing what, what, what you have to say for them. I want to hear what you're saying about them too. Man. I had another girl that was like, like I know that like I had other people in line, but it's like she was just waiting. She didn't want to leave the store because wa- I know she wanted to talk to me. It's like, man, the world is crying out for the Father. They don't even know it. They're desperate for him. Hmm. 
Are you, do you guys feel confident giving prophetic words in public? How do you guys feel about that? To strangers? How do you feel? Like, scares the crap out of you? Like, have, for, have you guys ever tried it? Have you guys ever given, like, a prophetic word to a complete stranger? No? No? Oh! Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know what is so cool about it? It's, it can be so much, when, when you're on and you see their eyes light up, there's nothing else like it. Man. Because in the church, I feel like, like in church when it's like up front and we're like giving words to people, it's, it's awesome, don't get me wrong, and it's right on, but they're expecting God. These people are not expecting God. And so when he shows up and he tells them something that they don't know, oh, man. Mm. Yeah. Lord, what do, you, what do we want to do with this, God? Where do we want to, where do we want to go? Mm. Father. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have you guys stand up on the front row, and I'm just going to release you guys into, into this stuff.